Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle, as always. Shell, how's it going today, babe? It's going great. Hey, I'm feeling pretty good to do. Yeah, I'm feeling good today. To do. To do. <laughs> I'm feeling good today, too, Shell. I'm feeling too good, actually. I don't know why. I guess because I got a good steak cut. I'll tell you why. I'm coming off a strong second place finish at my last weekend steak contest. And well, that's a good thing. You've been struggling here a little bit. I wouldn't say struggling. I I've been, say struggling. I've been, you know, right you flirting with the top yeah, 10. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's struggling, though. <laughs> But for a man that's usually I, in the I, top five. I, I, I feel like I dialed it in last weekend. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie. We cooked a double last weekend. Me and Waylon, so you cooked Friday night. We jumped in the truck and drove three and a half hours to Fordyce, Arkansas, Friday night. Came and back. What time did you get back? I was asleep. Oh, man. It was like 2 a.m. Yeah. Jumped up the next morning. Okay. Let's talk about the Fordyce cook first. Okay. First off, <laughs> we got our tails Waxed. <laughs> I'm talking about there was, I think there was 28 teams there. Was it just I was 24. Yeah, it was. Well, they were having a, a BCA barbecue contest okay. too. Okay. We didn't. We just went for the steak contest, and man, you know, I thought I picked out a decent steak. They were on the thin side. All the steaks were. So there's really nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Did our normal thing to them. Fired the PK up, and and uh, that's. I mean, threw them in and. 24th, 24 shell out of 28. I mean, I was pra- I was practically dead last. Yeah. I call that. That's the closest I've, that's probably the closest I've been to DAL. Ooh. Dead ass last. I thought you were a DAL like long time ago in Murfreesboro one year. No. Oh, no. Never, not, never not, when I made a turn in. Yeah. Now we've missed a, a turn in at the Jack and got a dead last, but it was sauce. Yeah. And we was like, I got the time screwed up. We were probably drinking too much Jack Daniels, you know. <laughs> and, and we, Mark Lambert was with us then. He eased that sauce up there to turn it in. He just kind of hit it when he got up there. Yeah, he started in. looking around and everybody was turning in something different. Yeah. Folks were turning in appetizers. He's like, what uh, What turn in is this? <laughs> okay. Just... What time? What time? What sauce? Oh, okay. And he just kept it behind his back. Yeah, and... we was dead last <laughs> on that one. But no, for this steak. And see, I, man, I turned in a good steak. I don't yeah. know what was up with it. Well, and the, the sad thing was, Wayland, you know, he was cooking with me. He turned his in 25th. So we were like, so what locked. were you? You were twenty. I was twenty fourth, and he was twenty fifth. Oh, so y'all turned in the same steak, and they did not like it. No, they hated it in Fordyce, Arkansas. So I flipped the script on Saturday. Yeah, I pulled back on seasonings a lot. I picked out a different kind of steak. I just tried to go with one. I wasn't so much concerned about the marbling in it as I wanted a you know just a decent spinalis without too much fat separating it from the the loin part of the ribeye. Mm-hmm. Seasoned it lightly. I still get it with my AP, my hot rub that I always use. A little bit of... Did know, you tie it? Yeah, tied it up to where it wouldn't separate out. And then threw it at them again and second place. I mean, it was like 0.5 points from winning the whole thing. And that, that was super tight. Yeah. And Did they get the ticket? Uh, the yeah, 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 yeah. I'd already, I already qualified yeah, for that. Yeah, I know, that. but... But yeah, they, they did. It was uh, uh, Michelle's husband. What's his, is his name? Brandon? Brandon O'Gwen, I think. I think that's his name. I've met, I've met him several times. I know his wife a little better than I know him. 
But they're they're uh, they do stuff with the Memphis MA a lot, MBU, okay. and they cook they cook a lot of that stuff. So are they they get brand to, new to steaks. Oh really? Are they yeah. going to go to? Uh, Heck, he signed Fort up. Worth? I saw him on the list. I'm sure he will. I saw, saw him on the list. Signed up for this weekend at Corian. Oh, he's got the bug. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, once you win one, man, you got to oh, roll with yeah. it. You don't know yeah. when it's going to come again. Waylon was 12th this weekend, so he did. He, he upped his game a few spots, 13 spots. Well, what? Um, yeah. What he was twelfth? Yeah. Anybody yeah. else uh, from state team in the top ten? Uh, no, they didn't have too good a day. <laughs> Even Kendall. Kendall wasn't and there. Sarah? I don't know where Kendall. He, you know, he's got engaged, so he's like, oh yeah, he's married. Yeah. yeah. No, I think they had some prior obligations, fiance duty stuff. So yeah. Probably wedding planning. Yeah. It happens. It happens. That's what happens. You get hot and heavy in the barbecue, and you decide to get hitched, and <laughs> next thing you know, the brakes is out. <laughs> Love well, you, Kendall. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking about doing a, you know how I did that Memphis and May video, and kind of took some footage from us cooking Memphis and May. Um, I was thinking about doing one for the SEA World Championships here in a few weeks. That'd be awesome. I think that's a great idea. Kind yeah. of give a behind-the-scenes look of... All the, the stuff that we do, yeah, because yeah. I mean that's a man, it's such a fun time. That event, okay, we've been to it. What this will be our third time going to this. Well, we World talked about it a lot last week. Yeah, and man, I'm excited. This I'm excited this time because it's getting bigger and bigger. I mean, they they're yeah. going to have a lot more to do other than just go there and cook steak. So that's what's going to be fun about it. So we'll definitely have to get some footage. Maybe well, uh, I. I can do some interviews with some different people. Yeah, that's state what I was thinking, or, yeah. I'll, I'll take it up. You know, we'll take see, a mic um, and a Yeah, and a I see, like, things I want to do differently from the Memphis MA because, you know, now that you've done one, you know a little more, you yeah, know? Yeah, that was just the first time. We yeah. didn't know it was going to turn out. We just tried to capture some stuff. I was thinking about you could ask everybody what temp they're going to. What temp are you taking your steak to? They ain't going to tell you that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean... I mean they might. Nobody's going to, yeah. Well, I don't like, think I, they are. Yeah, I'll, put well, them in the hot seat I was going to have what one question. What are you using what temp? What are you using what temp? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have one question what that we ask everybody. Throw them out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we might do that. See what they say. I bet we get some crazy answers. Yeah. 155. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, you know, 140. No. Hey, no. I don't believe anybody tell you. A few of them might. Why but on camera. I'd make up something. No, I, yeah. I would. I don't care. If you think you can hit it every time, go for it. That's the deal. I'm shooting 131, yeah. 132. It's coming off and it's resting. So that ain't no but secret. Ain't no shame in my game. In your video, I, I think got, you say uh, 127 or something. Man, I've dialed it up. Like we started out at first, we was like 125, trying to let it carry over. I, we started leaving probes in it and watching it. It'll go up about seven degrees, as high as I've ever seen one go. And I like them to be, you know, medium, that 135, 138 yeah. right in there. And so if you can nail it right in there, you're usually pretty good on your doneness. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And that just, that just came from cooking a thousand dang ribeye steaks. <laughs> well, um, way to do it. Speaking of cooking steak, this weekend, or this week, our video was the steak picanha. Oh, man. Sirloin picanha. That was so... I'll tell you what. So it's sirloin picanha? Yeah, it's cut off sirloin. Okay. What it is, it's sirloin cap roast. It's like, this. it's a muscle that kind of goes over the top of the sirloin, the front part of the loin, and they take it off during butchering, and it's, I, you know, normally I only see it in like, we go to Texas Day Brazil, those Brazilian yeah. steakhouses, they always serve it like cooked on a rotisserie grill, you know, those rodizios, simple, simple seasoning, just salt. 
And the, the whole key to that steak is it has to have that fat cap over it because as that fat melts and as it cooks and drips and runs, it bastes that meat, man, it makes it taste so good. Some of the best taste are fat. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's probably, well, a lot of it has to do with it was Matador Prime Steak. Yeah. And so it, it has, I, it's a good quality cut of beef. That I makes will, a big difference. Yeah, I will say about that Matador beef. I'm a little wary about anybody that says they got the best beef or, you know, the best pork or whatever. Because we've tried a lot of different, a lot of different, you know, supposedly heritage and this and that. But this Matador Prime steak that we've been getting, uh, that tri-tip that we cooked there, it was excellent. Yet, I've yet to try a piece of that beef that just didn't blow you away as it, far as the flavor the of it. It's not the best beef you've ever had. Oh, yeah. man. I, don't, I, mean, I hadn't tried do a real steak from them. You know, I will have to ask Matt and see because I think he does have brisket on his website. I always try to find stuff on there that I can't source locally. Yeah, and so that's how I got the you know the bone in fillets or some of the you know those big uh, the big yeah. tomahawk stuff yeah. that I, stuff that I really can't find, go to Kroger and find or go to Whole Foods and find. They just don't have that in Memphis in our area. I mean, people that do are lucky. If yeah. your butchers carry if you're carrying sirloin <laughs> picanha at your regular grocery store, man. I'd be all over it because, you know, when I posted it up there on Instagram, I started noticing all these comments. Apparently, a lot of people eat it because they're going, like, it's the best cut of steak. It's mm-hmm. called the queen cut. And man, you know, it's it's something that a lot of people tend to cook. Well, I had no idea because I never see it. Yeah. And I got a couple questions about cooking it. And the only, I mean, you know, of course, I, I kind of banned myself from Texas. Or Texas you had Debra to. So let's, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Malcolm pretty well, much, at Texas State Brazil, the whole idea is they have like a salad bar or whatever, and you get like a mashed potato side or a plantain or it's, it's, they bring it at the table. Yeah. Something. I don't even don't mess with it's that. It's like a one. It's like I a call one. it a meatatorium. Yeah. <laughs> you go there for the meat overload. It's like a one price. They have a salad bar and they bring the table like some sides and then they just bring around meat. And they give you a little card that says, like, green means, green, yeah. yeah, green means go, that I'm interested in having some more meat, and red means stop, I'm full. And Malcolm just, like, throws the card. Uh, yeah, I flame that sucker. <laughs> I get the tape, don't need that card, bring it on. You'll know when it's time to stop. Well, I mean, it's just, you've got these dudes walking around with these giant swords of all different kinds of meat. And it's all cooked over rotisserie. I mean, they've got sausages. They've got little chicken wing drum uh, drummies. Yeah. They've got every cut of sirloin, uh, ribeye, fillet, lamb, lamb. I mean, uh, chicken. I mean, I've seen. Don't mess with the chicken. I, I, Don't. I, man, I try it all. I, I mean, that's my problem. I go there. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. Yes, rare, please. Yes, yes. Oh, I'll get the tongs and grab it. Yes. <laughs> and the next thing you know, man, they've done eight probably. 10 pounds of meat, and then it goes to sitting on you, and it's like, oh, I've done, done something wrong. Because I'm always having some wine or, you know, a good drink with it or something. Man, I love that place. I can only go once a year, and it usually takes me a day to recover from it. It's gotten better. No, I, I've learned. Now, I'm not joking. I was trying to be funny with it, but but, but it is. I mean, it's not stretching it, is it? No. <laughs> You got to get your money's worth. That place ain't cheap, man. You got to these Brazilian steakhouses. They're like 50, 60 bucks a head. Yeah. I mean, I'm at least, that. I'm yeah. Like, I'm, that, I'm, I'm coming for them when I go. I mean, it's so good. It, it but is what good. it is, okay, the, the I guess the two things that I really like there, that sirloin picanha, which is just salt seasoned on some sirloin cap roast. And then they have a garlic 
uh, garlic sirloin that's really good, mm -hmm. and then the filet that they wrap in bacon. Those are the three best, and that all will melt in your mouth. The lamb to me is up there too. I'm a, you don't like lamb that much, it's, but I okay. love it. It's just, all, I mean, lamb's kind of got that flavor. It has that that's, flavor, and I love that flavor. Yeah, some people do, some people don't. I, mean, I, I cook lamb, and yeah. I mainly do it for you, because I'm, I'm, I'd rather have, if I'm going to eat something like that, man, give me some deer or something a little better. Yeah. To me, lamb is better than deer. There's no way. Yes. No way. They have like a leg of lamb that they roast, and they'll get, and I'll ask for it rare, and they'll come and cut off that leg. Now that it's is good. Rare. I'm telling you, with lamb to me, the rarer it is, the better it is, yeah. because it it really everything. gets that little wangy taste to me whenever it gets a gets close to overcooked, yeah. and so that's yeah. I, I, and I don't eat anything there that's over medium rare. And they do have. Why a, would you eat medium in a place like that where they're walking around? With all this perfectly cooked meat. I know. Some people do. I've seen people. I've been in there and I'm like, give me some well done. I'm like, come on, man. We're going to put it back on and burn it up for you. We've been with people that have requested it well done. Yeah. There's no sense in that. They have a good lobster bisque. Is that what they have on the thing? Oh, on the on bar? The, yeah. So the salad bar, that's usually what I go for. They usually have lobster bisque. Well, for one, they have a whole trough of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> You can go it's not a regular this, salad bar. Yeah, yeah. No, they, I mean, they have all kinds of stuff on it. They have antipasta and meats and soups. Sushi. And and sushi, yeah. Bacon. Lots of bacon. <laughs> Olive so what I do is, you know, I get, get, the, get the bowl with the lobster bisque, go get some of the shrimp. They also have, you know, like peeled shrimp there. <laughs> so I'll put a few shrimps off in my lobster bisque. And then, uh, you know, I'll get some bacon to go with the salad <laughs> and then go around and get some cheese and then maybe a piece of sushi and then let the meat start. This is like Malcolm's tip to hurt yourself at <laughs> Texas Day Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> How to hurt yourself by well, Malcolm. It's really good. You got to prep for this kind of meal. <laughs> no, the, you, you don't gotta, prep for it all. You don't eat for like a yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. In front of it. That's that the way prep. You go, you're ready. That's what I always do. I never, you know, I skipped dinner the night before. Don't eat all day. Just drink little sips of water. <laughs> <laughs> Little sips of water. That's all you need. And when you get there, go ahead and order, you know, like a good bourbon, bourbon, you know, just on ice. Don't even put a mixer or anything. Catch in a it. buzz a little because yeah. you hadn't eaten all day. <laughs> go in with the right mind frame. And that way, when they, when they offer to bring desserts, you didn't eat enough meat. Because you never get dessert. Never get dessert. It takes a day. Yeah, they haul you out. They'll try to bring That's the goal. Tray. You want them to say, You're done. <laughs> Cut, no, we, you <laughs> cut you off. Just slide you I've never been cut off. I mean, no, it'll cut you off. I promise you. You'll cut yourself off. Yeah. No. All right. So the recipe. So that's what I. That's what we get back to. I wanted yeah. to do um, kind of my take on that sardo picanha. So what I did, I, you know, I got a couple of them from Matador Prime Steak, and they come froze. I thawed them out slow in the refrigerator. It took about, you know, I don't know, four or five days. They looked a little like a tri-tip to me. It kind of is. I mean, the shape. Well, you know, the, the tri-tip comes from a certain one, too. It's just yeah. the lower part. This is kind of the upper part. that's around the top. So, let them thaw out in the fridge, brought them out, and there wasn't much. I mean, they, they did have a pretty good thick fat cap on it. Mm -hmm. I just knocked it down to where it's kind of even. I wanted it to, you know, just to be an even cut of meat. You don't want it too thick, but you definitely want some fat on it. That fat tastes awesome. And then I just took it and sliced it into big strips across the grain. That's the whole key with it. That way, when you put it on the skewer, you can get slices that are going across the grain too. So you have to make sure you know what you're doing with the the way the grain's running. Yeah, you can right. look at it. Yeah, you can look at it. It's easy, easy. Yeah. And so then but all just I did was yeah, I mean I seasoned it with some kosher salt, just some coarse ground, you know, kosher salt, 
And then that would have been And you 20. went pretty heavy with that. Or, oh, I'd yeah. say Man, it could take, fairly It could heavy, take yeah. some salt. And then I hit it with just a little bit of steak rub. Now, that's not traditional, I know. But, man, season it any way you want. I don't think there's a wrong way to do that at all. I mean, And that steak rub just added a little peppers. and Yeah, it just got it a little, little more heat. Texture, it was just, yeah. I, I think it, it turned out fantastic it on did. it. Gave it a little garlicky note. I mean, it would have been good, just meat and salt. But And then I just hung it. like So the, if you don't know about the Pit Barrel Junior, it's just a, another another type of drum smoker. Um, they do come with a rack, but what's neat about them is it comes with these hanging rods and you can hang all kinds of stuff. Yeah. They make accessories from baskets to hot dog carriers to, you know, to these, to these, uh, skewers that I use yeah. to like turkey hanging racks, chicken hanging racks. I mean, they make all kinds of stuff for it. Um, I, so I just use what's the skewers. What's the cost of a pit barrel junior? I don't know. I think they're, they're not expensive. 300 bucks? Yeah. Something like that? Maybe less than 300 bucks? I think they're less than 300 bucks. Yeah. They're not bad. Uh-uh. They're not bad. I don't think you could hang a turkey on that one. On the junior? Yeah. I'm going to find out. Are I'm you sure. really? Yeah, I'll think yeah. about trying. I don't know. You know, you might be right because the turkey's so big and it, it would get down in there low. I'm sure you could. Yeah. But you would need, you'd really have to do a little bit more fire maintenance because I, I just think that I like to cook turkeys at about 300. And if you try to do that with that turkey hanging there, the bottom of it's probably going to burn up. It is. So I might have to use the gateway yeah. to hang the turkey. Because I, I plan on doing it. Or just get your pit bear. Get the big pit barrel. There you go. <laughs> you know, it. I don't think there's much difference in the price. I think, you know, it may be 50 bucks more. I don't, I don't really know. Don't quote me on the prices. Because um, actually, I met Noah at, where, was, where were we at? Up in Nashville at the uh, oh, hardware yeah. show earlier in the spring. And him and his wife asked me, you know, hey, man, do you like to cook on one of these? And so they kind of partnered up with the SCA a little bit. And there was going to be like a the ancillary grill of the NC, of the SCA. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, hey, SCA is going to let you use, or, you know, that's what they want you to use or whatever. It's their grill for ancillaries. I said, sure, I'll, you know, I'll try one out. I mean, I, it's a great one for my little steak and trailer. Been, I throw it in the back of yeah. the truck, oh, something like that. And that's how I use portable. it for, you know, if I'm just cooking something at a steak contest, I'll throw it on the pit barrel, and the pit barrel junior. I mean, And it, that's why it's, so it's been living um, in, in the steak, steak trailer. trailer. Yeah. yeah. That's and why I didn't make it on your video we did of your tour because it was on the steak trailer. The yeah, steak I forgot. Trailer. I kind of forgot about it, but it was on the steak trailer. And it's and so I said, you know, I got to want to think about this recipe, want to hang. I said, that's a good time to try that out. And what you needed though was the high heat. And with the pit barrel junior, it really only has an exhaust. I mean, intake air intake poured at the bottom of it, just one. And I opened that flap hundred percent all the way up to the top. And it gets its air out the top, um, you know, it kind of gets the exhaust from the holes where the rods are. And you can't control them. I mean, the rods are in yeah. there, and then it just is what it is. If you needed so, more, you could crack your lid a little. You could. Yeah. You could crack the lid, let a little more air in. And that's that's kind of the old school drum cooking way. Get you a stick. You know, <laughs> that's a regulator. Get a stick sitting in there, create your gap, bigger stick, you know, you need more air. But I just let it roll. I mean, and I don't have any clue what temp it was. I knew I wanted it hot. And I was kind of just going by looks. I didn't probe anything. Um, it took, I'm guessing, 25 minutes tops to get yeah. to about 125. Checked it with a thermo pin a couple times, and after 10 minutes and another 10 minutes. You just kept an eye on it. didn't go too far. No, but I will say minutes. this. The way, you know, that cotton is surrounded by that fat, and the way it gets to dripping and rendering on those coals, if you take that lid off too long when you're cooking directly over fire, and that grease and, you know, that fat's rendering down, of course, it's going to flame. So I wanted some flame kiss on it. I wanted some of that flavor, but you can't walk away from it like that, or it'll just be an inferno in there with yeah. all the fat. It's going to burn it up. So if you if you do try to replicate this recipe, 
make sure you know, keep get your keep an eye on your lid and your coals and don't walk away from it too long taking them on and off because it yeah, is and it's hot the yeah. skewers are hot and they make a tool i don't have one the little lifter tool for the hooks or whatever i just use gloves but they make this little tool that you can i guess it's an accessory you can buy i'd rather really use gloves yeah you just don't burn yourself it's yeah. easy to do but when you took one off to probe it after 20 minutes, you put the lid back on to keep that from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, instead on. of just, I could have probed it right there and just kind of, but I kind of wanted to, I needed two hands. I laid it on the platter <laughs> and, and opened my thermal pan with the other hand and checked it. It was about one, it was about one, between 115, 118, something like that yeah. after, after 20 minutes. And then another five minutes it was there. Yeah. And I would rather been uh, with that, with the, with the picanha like that. It's okay to be on the rare side because you're going to have the outer side that's a little more done. That's just the way rotisserie, that's the way the meat cooks on a skewer. It's a little more done towards the outside. The closer you get to the inside, it's a little more rare. Well, someone did ask a good question. Uh, I think it was on Instagram. Does the rod actually radiate a lot of heat and cook it, it from the inside? It does radiate heat, but I don't think it it cooks. I mean, over a longer period of time, it probably would have kept cooking it mm-hmm. like that from the inside. You you do get some radiant heat like that. But these skewers, uh, I don't know what they're made out of. But they're, they're real lightweight. Aluminum. They're almost that's what I was gonna say. It's almost aluminum. So they didn't get near at you know as hot as the yes. hook did. The hook that was stainless steel, it got super hot. But the the skewer didn't get that hot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's on purpose or just happenstance. You know? Once you'd put it on the board, and I was taking a few pictures, I touched one of the. Skewers. Um, skewers and it wasn't warm at all yeah and it i mean it'd been off the pit for well i warned you i was like hey, yeah, it's hot and i saw you move it for a pit and i was like well she said no it ain't hot so it wasn't it, yeah. radiated it off and when you pulled them off they didn't have a lot of you know the what it, it wasn't overly done in that area where it yeah. was stuck so but man i'm here to tell you the first time i've cooked those at home that was awesome <laughs> i'm talking about some of the best and i know it's the meat dripping over those hot coals it's just something about a drum flavor like that when you get some good meat and it drips on those coals and that flavor comes back up and it mixes with the flames and the smoke man you can't beat it you can't oh you can't i guarantee you there's some in the refrigerator right now it's still good yes oh i had some last night when i was finishing editing the video i was watching it i was like i'm gonna have to go get another bite (laughs) i like i ate too much of it to the point where I hated myself on Tuesday. Well, I didn't, you know, after cooking and all I that, I didn't really eat that much of it. I mean, I ate like those first little pitmaster pieces, I called them, the little yeah. snacks. We ate those right away. And then the rest of it, I didn't, you know, we didn't even eat dinner that night. You know, um, we, we've had that conversation before. At RX bar. <laughs> we've had that conversation before about like, which would you give up, beef or pork? If you had to give up one, you could only uh, eat one the rest of your life. To me, that bite of steak from that steak picanha is like makes a really good case for not giving up the beef well i just need to do some pork like that with some like long yes let's try that yeah because i'm not giving Can you up do pork picanha i'm not giving up bacon <laughs> yeah well i mean i don't know if it'd be the same actual cut but it kind of yeah but just kind of replicate it a yeah, little yeah you get some you know well, thick fat cappy pork chops or you know and then yeah. cut them real thick and double them up Man, I'm, try, I'm trying that. Heck yeah. Oh, I bet yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. I bet that'd be real good. Do like garlic, garlic pork. Yes. Or you could do a sweet pork too. Mm, I, I mean, I'd be scared. You got to really watch what you put on it. Such high heat, it yeah. might burn real yeah. easy if you put anything with like a regular rub, but you know, a sweet rub would probably burn up real fast on there. 
I don't know. That's experiment. Hey, man, I'm I'm all for hanging something on that drum. Yes, it was so good. That pit barrel amazed me. I mean, it really did. I was I did honestly say I did not expect that to be that good. I was like, <laughs> well, this might be one that's okay, but man, it was good. You got it. Was try like it. some of the better beef that I've ever had. I'll I'll say that steak. Yeah, it was better than Texas Day Brazil. Oh yeah, I, man, it it was way better. And I think theirs is pretty awesome. So. Yeah, you also made a chimichurri sauce to go with it. That made it. I mean, it did. I like, you know, I get, I get tired of the same old thing. And so chimichurri is so fresh tasting. You know, you get you got to be a fan of cilantro first, but I, I love cilantro personally. And it's just cilantro, parsley, a little garlic, and just seasoned a little bit, olive oil, maybe a little lemon zest, lemon juice. It's, it's super simple, but it's just a good little, almost, I guess you'd call it almost like a salsa more than yeah. a sauce. Because it's, it's kind of it thick breaks and up chunky. The it does. It's kind of a palate cleanser. I mean, to me, it's a palate cleanser because it, you know, you get that flavor, you get the good taste of the beef. It just goes with it. And I've had some bitter chimichurris, but yours is really it just tastes fresh. Well, you know? I take the time to not put any of the stems in there. I think yeah. a lot of that bitterness that you get from some of it is they just chop it all up, especially the prepared stuff. Like you buy it in a jar or somewhere, man. You know, they're just. Whatever. Yeah. They're grinding stock and roots and all. Probably some good dirt mixed in with it. <laughs> They're not washing it. I washed it, dried it, destemmed it, and I did all that. Well, one thing I always ask you, would you do anything differently if you did it again today? That recipe, man, it'd be hard. There's not really much different I'd do on that except cook some more of it because it yeah. was super good. I Maybe mean, try pork next time. Yeah, try some pork. <laughs> I mean, that's one that, man, you don't need it. It's so simple. You know, I mean, that's as far as... You just as, need the good meat, really. Yeah. The good beef. The meat. I mean, the meat and the fire is all you need. You could do that. Now, I say, could you do it on any grill? Yeah, as long as you got some hot coals and a way to keep turning it. I mean, you could do that on a regular charcoal grill. Just turn it ever so often. Just keep turning it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. It would work. You'd still get kind of the grill flavor. Yeah. You know, if you did it over charcoal grill. You just have to watch the proximity to the coals because, see, that's one thing the drums do give you. There's there's separate, there's space in between where the bottom of that meat is. And that's what makes it indirect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, I would say, I don't know in the junior, I know in a regular drum, it's usually about, you know, anywhere from 18 to 22, 24 inches, something like that, separation from the top rack. But when you're hanging like that was, there's probably, I guess, at least 10 inches probably. I don't know. I didn't really look that close, but it's it's enough to where the coals aren't right on top of it. Yeah. Because the closer you get with that much fat on something like that, it's going to want to burn it up. I mean, especially it gets to a point to where that fat just goes liquid, and that's what makes you know that's what makes the juice. That's what makes the juice. <laughs> <laughs> when the pieces that were you know you had two pieces on one um, rod, the pieces that were at the bottom and really like the fat on the very very bottom got a little crispy. bit crispy. Oh my lord! It was it was amazing. It was one of the better recipes you've done in a while. You've done some pretty good ones. I highly recommend everybody try that. For yeah. as simple as it is, as fast to cook as it is, it didn't take any time. In less than less than thirty minutes to cook. You spend more time you, getting the goals yeah. going and the grill hot than you will cooking it. And you didn't have to really let the rub and stuff sit too long. I only let it sit long enough to fire the grill up. I mean, it was easy. Um. Easy. The National Barbecue News came. Uh, they oh, yeah. put a new issue out this week, and there was some money made on the cover. cover. Yeah, that was hey, that was a that was a pick actually from earlier this year. I think the was that the first video I did uh, right around Super Bowl with the suckling pigs. Yes, man, those were good. Your, 
Yeah, it was your comeback. We always take some time off in January. Yeah, my comeback. <laughs> Call it a comeback. No, yeah, that was that was a man. That takes me back to those suckling pigs. Sitting there thinking about it, those were good. But yeah, we, we kind of in that. It's, on it's, the cover of Barbecue National. Barbecue it's an article days. about like, going digital. How barbecue's gone digital. And I don't know, man. To me, all, everything we do page now page is digital. Page. Yeah, everything we do we do now is digital. Yeah. This is just how people get their content, how people get their information, and and it just so happens barbecues going in that direction mm-hmm. too. Because people, I want to learn more about it, and you know, you know me, I like to share what I learn, and I think other people out there are the same way. We all fall in the same boat. We just want to learn and, and get better at what we do because we enjoy enjoy being outside, enjoy cooking, and. Heck, everybody's got cell phones now, and that's how I know mine's kind of like my, another part of me. <laughs> Yours is like your mobile office. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, a lot of people do that. You know, yeah. Every, every bit of work I do is through my phone usually. I even had a little picture in the article. Yeah, where was that from? SCA contest yeah. last year. <laughs> We've got to get some new pictures. We need to hire a photographer. I wish we knew a good photographer to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you don't have two or three cameras, Shell. <laughs> we gotta get Jay on that. Yeah, that's what we call in Jay. I need to get him on the on this podcast because yes, uh, it, he lives. All I need is probably three Coors Lights, and he would be on. He'd, he'd, he'd open up. He'd probably tell us his dark. He might not want to know what all's in Jay's mind. <laughs> but he lives what two hours away. Not even that. It's yeah. probably like an hour and a half. Look, so there is some scheduling. Where did you say he's from? He, if I say Selmer, he gets no. He gets mad. If you say Selmer. He ain't from Selmer. I guess that's like saying you're from Horn Lake or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I ain't got nothing wrong with Horn Lake. I ain't got nothing wrong with Selmer. I do. But I said something about. I said something about. Yeah, Jay from Selmer. I ain't from Selmer. I forget where it is. Some other little podunk town. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but Tennessee Mojo's is Jay Durbin, and he. Uh, his, his photography skills have gotten awesome here. Like I don't know if y'all follow him on Instagram, but it's Tennessee Mojo yeah. on Instagram. If you don't follow him, go follow him. He takes some of the better pictures. Primos yeah. and I wish. I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, Shell, but he's Jay, better than Jay me. Jay may be, he may he be is. giving you a run. For, yeah, no, I think some of his pictures are awesome. I'll every now and then I'll have like a really good picture, and I'm like. This is almost as good as one of Jay's. Yeah. Is he your, your, your photography nemesis? Yeah. Mark nemesis, yeah. <laughs> I got to be Jay. I got to get a better picture hey, than Jay. Hey, I think competition's great. Competition is great. That's why we love cooking these <laughs> condos that we do. Hey, I want to be better than somebody. No. No, he, he is great. Wake up early if you're not Jay following photography contest. Yeah. If you're not following him, um, definitely do it. Because yeah. he, he does some awesome pictures. Yeah, I'm kind of calling They're him beautiful. out because I've been wanting him to come to do the podcast. So. Yeah. So this is your call out to him? Yeah. 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 Call, call me out, Jay. I'd like for him to come on here and talk to us about posting pictures and yeah, taking pictures. Be, that would be a good podcast. Yeah. Talking about talking about how he got going with Instagram mm-hmm. and what all it's done for him. because And how we can improve our pictures. Because everybody likes to post their food pictures. You know, or... You know, I would imagine everybody. I'm one of those. Know. I'm one of those people. If I'm out somewhere for, before I try anything, I'm like, hold on, gotta get a pic. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. Some people I've talked to some of my buddies. They're just like, man, that's proof of what I ate. I can go back. And, yeah. You know, look at it. Remember it. If I come here next time, I can go back to that location. Oh, yeah, I had this last time. I'll try. But if it's something you cooked, you definitely want to take a picture of it and put it on your Instagram or something. We started doing it just because when we were doing barbecue, we wanted to take pictures of the the entries we were doing for future reference. And that's kind of what got me in the habit of taking pictures of everything. That was before 
I don't even know if we had smartphones then. We were just using whatever we could and getting them developed. I remember we had we, we had some use old, those disposable it, cameras, yeah, yeah. Disposable cameras, and we ended up getting one of those Kodaks that you could just put a little uh, memory card in or whatever mm-hmm. and get them back to the phone. I forget what were those called, the cool pick or something like Have that. Have you ever gone back and looked at some of those old pictures? Oh, like the horrendous. <laughs> They were terrible. Those boxes look terrible. And yeah. we thought they looked so good. We're proud of them back then. Put them on MySpace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if Tom still looks at them. MySpace is something completely <laughs> different now. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I think it must be a hookup spot or something. No. I went back. A bunch of Russian women. I went. I tried to access our old Keller Hogs MySpace page. To get some pictures. To get some pictures for the Memphis in May video. Because I was looking for the picture where we won. You know, uh the back, the patio portrait. I, I bet I can tell you what date you did that on. I bet I can tell you because I can go back and look at my emails. I started getting all these weird emails from, from these women. women. Yes, <laughs> wanting me to check them out and meet them on MySpace. I'm like, what? What is this? You know? <laughs> I checked some of them out. I didn't go to MySpace. But I didn't get the you email. just looked at the picture. Yeah, some of them you didn't want to see. You know, most of them, nine out of ten. You know. But it was like a bombardment of all these pics on front, and I know that had to be that day. That you went back to try to get that. You must have logged in or requested login. I unsubscribed you from it, so you Good. should be. No more naked pictures for me. No more naked pictures for you. No. Can't have that. Oh. I get enough of those already from fans. <laughs> <laughs> I have to let somebody screen them. <laughs> I got you on that one, didn't I? Hey, man, because price you pay to be a barbecue man. <laughs> Gotta look at boobies. <laughs> Gotta look at boobs. Could be worse things. All right, the American right? Royals this weekend. It is. <laughs> and difference. Let's nice segue here. The American <laughs> Royal. But yeah, no, the American Royal. Man, I hate we're not going to be there. It's Michael's birthday, and he wanted to cook in a contest, state contest. So um, we also um, have a buddy that's he's kind of. I guess he's or Joey's organizer. Joey Gilmore, mm-hmm. Heavenly Mantle Barbecue. He works in conjunction with the. Uh, the Corinth, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's Chamber of Commerce or whatever it is, but they put on the fair. They're having like the Alcorn County Fair this weekend in um, Corinth, Mississippi. And Joey was wanting to, he, he did a little state contest last year. It was non-sanctioned, but then he, this year he's went through all the hurdles that you have to go through to get a, you know, to get a contest organized and sanctioned. And so he's having his first SCA contest. And we told him back when he said he was going to do it that we'd support him. So the, it moved. It kind of messed us up. And we didn't the make order. the invitational this year. We usually no. only go if we make the invitation. Yeah, that's usually it's a haul for us. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, I don't know how many miles it is. It's from Memphis hours? to Kansas, other side of Kansas City. Yeah, it's probably about ten pulling 10, a trailer, yeah. something like that. It's a long haul. I mean, we didn't really push this year to go. I love the the Royals fun, but I miss it when it was locked in dates and it was like you knew the Royal was going to be the first week in October. And then you knew the Jack was always the last weekend. And then they started moving around and moving. It just hadn't been the same since they moved locations from the original place. Yeah. The first time we went to it, I remember how special it was. It's like, man, this is amazing. This is the best contest ever. And we had, you know, it's just these huge parking lots. Um, you know, it was, what was it, down there, kind of on the river downtown in Kansas City or in yes. the stockyard area or whatever. Yeah, and, it was right there on oh, the fairgrounds, I guess. It was, I don't know, I think it was just the stockyards. Doing so, there was a basketball arena that was down there at one time or something. But it was this huge place, huge place with a sea of teams. I mean, they probably had, heck, I'm guessing 
They have, this is the biggest contest. Like yeah, it's the biggest one I know of. And we were just overwhelmed. It had so much fun there. And it, it went so smooth. And, and uh, you know, yeah, they do fireworks every night. And, man, it's a huge party. I mean, you know, you think of all these teams there, and we were we thought we were on the quiet side, and, there's, and then right in front of you, there's you know booths that bring out live bands, and they're you know they're playing music, and partying right there, and it was just a fun atmosphere. Coldest I ever, one of the coldest yeah, I've ever the been coldest in my life, life yeah. was in Kansas City in October. In that though. first year, yeah, it, it, the temperature just dropped, and there was so, winds were killer. Oh and man, it was it was beautiful the whole covered. you know the whole weekend like that Thursday. We just got there on Thursday. Well, we were used to Memphis in May. You got to get there a week before, so we was like, well, we'll come in, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, head of the crowd. We get there, and there's nobody there. <laughs> I mean, they've got the Porter John set up, but that's it. There's nobody to tell you where to go. I'm like, wait, are you sure we're at the right place? You know? We had, yeah. We didn't know what to expect. I think it was Wednesday we showed up to drop the trailer because we drove all day Wednesday and got there and nobody was there. There was nobody like checking you at the gate. No guard. (laughs) You could hit me. I mean, I was like, wow, this is. They had it all lined out and you you knew what number you were and you could go find your number. Parked your stuff Mm -hmm. and then getting out was smooth. I mean, it was. Memphis All and May could learn crazy. something from the Royal, yeah. but the Royal didn't set up the huge tents and no, stuff. They like do that too, tonight. though. I mean, there was people. They don't do the double deckers. Just because they probably hadn't thought about it. <laughs> but most people do huge. I mean, there were some. There were some teams. There was know, a big that had four or five base, spots, yeah. And they had they let them stack up hay bales. I mean, there was. I'm just tell how many trucks of hay bales they would go ape at Memphis if they saw that much hay. Yeah, they'd be freaking out. You're going to burn the whole city down or whatever. No, there was not a one problem at the Royal. It just, I think it just ran better. I mean, not nothing against Memphis. Well, you don't have to. Every single team doesn't have to bring in a big amount of stuff to do on-site judging. Yeah, that's a big. That's difference, true I too. Think. I guess. Yeah, but you still could just get away with cooking. your trailer and a pop-up. Still two days of cooking. Yeah. I mean, and you see that just basic stuff. Yeah. And then some people bring the big rigs. Hey, I remember the Western Wood booth. They must have had four teams. They had a. It looked like a fifty-foot trailer with all those fire pits everywhere and. It was huge. Yeah, I mean, you always have those. When we the first year we were there, the spot directly in front of us was a pretty big uh, hospitality spot, and they had a live band. And the live band just happened to set up right in front of our trailer, like, like on, on our trailer. They yeah, could, they could have breached out. The drummer, touching. he was sitting there. His was elbow sitting. was touching our trailer. Yeah, and Malcolm, I danced to every song. <laughs> I was part of the band that night. I, they hated me so bad. <laughs> We were somewhere and I found this vodka and it was like vanilla buttercream vodka or cupcake. Yeah, it was. I was like, I'm gonna try this. We got it ice cold and it tastes like Malcolm uh, loved it. Tastes like melted ice cream. And you drank it. The whole bottle of it. (laughs) The whole bottle. And danced and sang and they had to ask me to stop several times, (laughs) but I didn't. If you're gonna be that close to me playing drums and playing good music, you were giving them hell. They were doing Bohemian Rhapsody, and you that kept yelling, "Mama!" At them. That was back in my younger days. <laughs> yeah, that was. When I could party. <laughs> back when you could party without killing yourself. I can still party. <laughs> there's a what's that one song? I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah, something like that. I still got one in me. Every now and then. <laughs> you were giving them hell. That was, they man, hated the, us. American Rule was so much fun. They did fireworks every night. They have great fireworks. Yeah. Who won last year? Did Travis um, Clark win last year? Both days? Yes. No. He, he won, won the invitational. Okay, okay. I think he won the Open the year before. He may I mean, I know he, he's he's killer, man. Yeah. He's good. Uh, he's one of the who best. Who's the other two? Por- Porky Butts. Porky Butts. Okay, they won, won the Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then they're doing the 
um, Barbecue Hall of Fame. They always did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who are they inducted this year? Tuffy. Uh, Tuffy. I thought I heard that, yeah. Tootsie. Oh, yeah. She owns the uh, Snow's, Snow's Barbecue yeah. out, out in Texas. Yeah. She's been cooking barbecue forever. I know. She deserves, she deserves yes. to be in the Hall of Fame. I love a good I mean, woman pitmaster good that's good, that can cook. Yeah. Man, yeah. No, that's the epitome of Texas barbecue right there, Snow's. Mm-hmm. She's been doing it. I don't know. What town is it? I can't remember what the name of the town is. Lexington, Lake, I think. Lexington, Texas. Think. Something, something it's like that. It's around that area. Yeah. yeah. Man, I've never been there. I'd like to go to that. And Charlie Burgos. Oh, really? From Rendezvous? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, he deserves it. That's a He's good, that's away, a good but, Hall of Fame thing. That's yeah. a good, you know. I nominate, because you get to nominate somebody, and I nominated Candy Weaver. <laughs> hey, yeah. she deserves to be in there. I like Candy. She's been, you know, president. Barbecue pellet. The, she's a, she's a, a leader in that pellet, pellet yeah, industry. She's been all around competition barbecue for years. She's mm-hmm. a staple. As long as I've known. Yeah. She's in the industry. She's in the competition world. She's, She'll be in there yeah. one day. Yeah. I'm going to push for that. I'll just keep going. Everybody nominate Candy Waver next year. There you go. <laughs> um, but Tuffy, yeah. he's Tuffy and Tootsie and Charlie. That's a good so. class. That's a good Hall of Fame class. So you got like a Texans legend, a Memphis legend. And a Virginia East Coast yeah, legend. Yeah, Virginia. Because Tuffy, he's won everything. He's oh, yeah. won the he's been, yeah. Royal and the Jack several times. and. I know he needs. He probably needs to win Memphis May. He's, he's got first place at Memphis yeah. May. I don't think first he's, place shoulder. He, he hasn't won the whole thing yet. Yeah. yeah, he's close. Him and probably Darren are probably the two closest that's got it all. Yeah, but it, man, if I was them, that's what I'd be trying to do. What concentrate on getting that Memphis one, so you can be the. Could you imagine the first if you won all? You won American Rule. You won the Jack, and you won Memphis May. Couldn't nobody tell you anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's won it all, right? He had one Memphis. No, aside uh, from yeah. Memphis, yeah. Yep. And maybe Clark. You know, I, I would say Clark's Memphis the is jack. the hardest one to get. I don't know if I don't know if Travis has won the has he won the jack. I don't know. I but don't know he would be another one in the running for that. Yeah, I would it, yeah, he could do it. And there's um, not very there's not very many people that could do it, honestly. To win know, all three it and Memphis has to be the well, the other two are the same style. Yeah. So you're doing the same thing. It's just big, you know. Big scale contest. Once you get good at big scale, you do well at those. You kind of got that figured out. Yeah. Memphis is a whole other animal. And there's, you know, the, the people from Memphis can't just jump over and do KCBS either. You look at how many try. I mean, it's hard. You know what? Now that we're talking about this, I think maybe Chris Lilly might have done it. I think he might have won all three. The Royal, the Jack, and Memphis and I. I don't know if he's ever won the Jack. I think he's won the Jack. Has he? Yeah. I'll tell you something. I don't know if he's won I'll the Royal. I'll tell you something. The, the man that I know has won the Memphis and May and... The Royal, and that's old John Willingham. Yeah, it's and been a long was, time ago. Yeah, he was back in the day. He couldn't be touched. Mm-hmm. He was bad to the bone. He's won Memphis several times, didn't he? Yeah, and I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times he cooked in the Royal, but I know he's won the Royal. I don't know if it was the invitation. I don't even know. You know, I don't remember back then. That was way before my barbecue yeah. time. But that I know he has won it. Yeah, but those are all probably the biggest names in competition. Yeah, you yeah. think about it. Over, the, I mean, that's, for you know. I'll probably, I'll never, I'll never have all those. I guarantee. <laughs> don't ever say never. Well, I just never say never, but that's I just don't go after it as focus, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, man, that's dedication. Those if you're going to be out there dedicated. on the road and cooking that hard all the time, I mean, we'll always do Memphis and May because it's our backyard, but yeah. it's easy for me. I mean, as much as I like the rule, it's easy not to go because football's kicked off this time of year. You know, it's always something going on. Deer season, hunting <laughs> season's you know, start, duck season's coming up. It's just I got. It's not my number one priority doing winning the royal. Yeah. One of these days it may be. 
Yeah. And I mean... The, the Jack, I would never turn down a chance to go to the Jack. Yeah. But you got to cook to get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't done that many KCBS this year. Hey, I got one coming up, though. We're going to Murfreesboro next weekend to cook KCBS yep. in state. And that'll be a great contest. Maybe my goal will be the first one to win Royal, Jack, Memphis and May, and the state world championship. Oh, get there you go. It. Nobody's done that. So if I get the steak this year, I'm just going to concentrate on the rest. Okay. We'll have to quit cooking steaks and go back to Barton. You hate it too, don't you? I don't have to be part of it. Well, I need you, Shelly. You don't understand. <laughs> You're critical. You do it. Me and depend on you. It's just hard. Because it's fine, it's fine when it's like local contests. I have no problem doing something that's 30 minutes away or... Two hours, even two hours away, because I can sleep in my own bed, keep Michael, you know. So I need to uh, pack up and. I got you. I just tell them to buy a new motorhome. Because there's no room for me. Michael can come with us. Michael can come with us. You can get your own room in a motorhome. Get him, get him a tutor or something to come with us. We can get on the road and we can go cook all the KCBS contests. Right? That sounds like fun. We just need a sponsor. Everybody knows one out there. No, I don't know if I'd even do it. I don't like that idea at all. What else are we going to talk about today, Shell? Well, um, are you done talking about the Royal? Yeah, I mean, I love the Royal. I wish I was there. but yeah. I, What's some good barbecue joints in Kansas City? Joe's. That's one you got to go to. Uh, go try. I mean, go try the regular, just the old-fashioned ones. Uh, What's the one we went to Arthur last Bryant's. year? Bryant's. Yeah, that one was That's pretty good. That's a good one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just like to go there and just get a pound of everything yeah. and share it with everybody yeah. half a loaf of white bread try all their sauces <laughs> I and mean, that's the way to do if you're going somewhere don't just go by yourself and get a sandwich or something like that go with people where you can try it all I yeah. mean, that's the best way to do it you just order a big sampler uh, and everybody eats a little Jack Stacks is that yeah I wasn't impressed with that one yeah. you know the one I did want to go to I've never been is the uh, Smoking Guns a restaurant. I guess yeah. it's, that's the name of the restaurant. It's one good. I'm pretty I mean, sure. Yeah. They, they were a comp team, I guess. I don't know if they're a comp team first or a barbecue first. I think they won the Royal. They've got some awesome seasonings and they have a good restaurant out there. I mean, I've never been to it, but I'd like to try it. But, you know, you got Bryant's. That's probably the one that first one that comes to mind. Gates. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones. We've never Joe's tried Gates. Joe's is probably, you know, up there. We've never tried Gates when we went out there. We've never um, tried a Kansas City Steakhouse. No, oh, that, you know that's there. one thing I hate. I never did was downtown. They had that steakhouse that was right there by the old, you know the old location that everybody went to. We'll have to go back just to try that. We're probably going back because that's where the National Barbecue Association conference is. Oh yeah, in Kansas City in this uh, is is April. It April. It's in April. I hope that doesn't fall on like something school related, so we can go. Yeah. So I really want to go because it's supposed to be pretty cool this year. And it's in Kansas City, so it gives you time to go around and try some different stuff. And that's another there. problem. When we go to the Royal, we're so we don't have the time to go and try the restaurants we want to try. Yeah, because once we're there, we're there. You yeah, know? you're eating sandwiches leave. in a trailer. Yeah. yeah, or risers potato salad. <laughs> the free potato salad. <laughs> yeah. And that's another great thing about the Royal—they give you all this free stuff. <laughs> we got free tubs potato of, salad. It's like how many different potato salad? I didn't. Who do they made that many potato and macaroni salads? <laughs> and they like. Gave you some stuff you cook, like macaroni and cheese. And yeah, we, we put them on the smart grill. Yeah. We lived off that stuff. That's that's how it is. So I, I thought we'd talk about cooking time. Cooking temps, not cooking times. Cooking temps. Like, well, uh, well, well, the reason I, that got me thinking this is people ask this question all the time. 
you cook this rib recipe at 225, but then you cook this rib recipe at 235, and you cook this rib recipe at 260. Yeah. Which one's the right answer? Well, there, you know, there's no wrong answer on that to me. Uh, Tim's like, whatever, you know, whatever temp you want to cook at. You can cook, you can cook hot and fast, you can cook low and slow, you can cook anywhere in between. Is there a perfect median? Um, I wouldn't say no. It's just, it's kind of up to you and what your cooker is. That's what always depends on me. What kind of cooker I'm using, how easy it is to control it. I don't get caught up in like cook, like swings because most cookers are going to have some kind of swing. What do you mean by swing? Well, where you get ups and downs and fluctuations throughout the cook. That's just common with it. But, but I'm more of a low and slow guy. So used to, you know, you would see everybody say, oh, you cook uh, 321 at 225 or whatever on ribs. Well, then we kind of bumped it up to 235. The only reason why was because we thought we were getting a little bit better product and it sped the process up just a little bit. So you didn't necessarily have to go 321 anymore. You could go 221 or whatever. And so then we kind of got to 250. And I've noticed that there's not much difference other than it gets done a little better and the fat renders a little bit better at 250 versus cooking at, say, 225. So I try to stick. Now, if you'll see, most of the stuff I do now is always 250 or 275. That's just, that's kind of been my perfect median that I've kind of gone to. I like the way the bark turns out at those temps. I like the, you know, the way my, most of the cookers that I cook on, um, you know, like to run right about there. The drum smokers love 275. Uh, my old hickory loves 250. And the ones we cook on in comps, uh, you know, we cook on the old hickory most of the time are big meats and that it loves to set at 250. All those backwoods cookers I used to cook on, they love to run at 250. Now pellet smokers, you can set them wherever and I don't care. Once you just kind of pick that range, that's all it is on a pellet smoker. It definitely fluctuates up and down, up and down because that's how it works. It's got a thermostat in there. It's telling the pellets to drop or either hold off. And so it's dropping until it, you know, it gets them going. And then once they burn out and the temperatures start dropping, you're going to swing down and it's going to tell it to drop some more. It's going to take it a minute. It's going to smoke and they're going to come up. And so you get these waves of up and down and up and down. And people get hung up on, oh, well, you know, I got my pellet smoker on 250, but it goes to 225 and then it goes to 275. That's okay. You're averaging out at what you got it set at over the course. Do you really think that there's that much swing happening in the I mean, there shouldn't be that much. I don't know. I've never watched it. I see people get caught up on it and they talk about, um, you know, oh, my controller's messed up or it's, you know, it says it's supposed to be plus or minus five, but it's plus or minus 10 or eight. Or 15, and I said, man, I don't care. What I, The best way to do that is set it where you want it, put your piece of black tape over there where you can't see it no more, <laughs> and cook. You know, don't, don't... So that way you're not messing with it. That way open you're not messing it, with it. You can open it. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I definitely open my pit and look at it, but I don't open it every 30 minutes. I mean, you know that when, something, when you're putting something on the pit, in about two hours, you know, if it's a big meat, you need to be checking on it, see if it needs basting or whatever, because it's dry heat, and it does have a fan in there moving air. And then if it gets, once it gets dark enough, we're cooking the color and then we're wrapping up, you know, we're wrapping it up and we're putting a probe in it most of the time. So we're watching those internal temps and you can kind of tell how it's climbing, what temperature you're cooking at. It's, it really just goes to practicing and, you know, learning, learn your pit. You know, how many, how many times have I said, learn your pit, learn your pit. And oh, uh, uh, Shane Draper says it best. He says, trust the swing. That's his whole thing with gorillas. Trust the swing, trust the swing. That just means that don't worry about those fluctuations. It's normal. It has to do that to work, especially with pillow pits. They have to swing up and down. That's just how that works. My old hickory has to, it has to swing a little bit. 
because it has the same kind of thing, a thermostat with a fan down on the fire. When it notices the tip drop a little bit, it'll turn the fan on to give it some air to get the coals going. So it, it does the same thing. It's just So trust the swing. It's just don't freak out about it. Don't freak out about Believe it. Believe that your cooker's it, yeah. doing what it should be doing. But there's, so, so you can cook anything at any tip, really. Well, you could cook barbecue at 180 if you wanted to give it two days. <laughs> I mean, you could. I mean, because, you know, you're just slowly bringing it up. I think, um, you know, it's better low and slow because it slowly breaks the meat down. The fat slowly gets to a point where it renders, and then it really starts staying, you know, juicy because you're not pressuring it out. And when you raise the, when you raise the temp, you start cooking at those 300 and up temps, you're powering through stuff. So you're rendering fast. You know, your fat's melting fast. And there's just more air, room for error cooking at those temps. And that's what I mean, grilling's a challenge or, you know, cooking at those higher temps is more of a challenge because there's plenty of, plenty of room for me, you know, if something, cooking low and slow that if something messes up, I can recover from it. Yeah. I'm not going to dry it out. I'm not going to, you know, get it too dark or burn it up at those temps. So that's why I always tell people start out, you know, and, and now I tell people start out 250. It's yeah. a good low and slow temp. That's it's a not, good solid it's medium not too range low. temp. Yeah. But you get people starting out at 225 and it's like, man, it takes them forever to get something done and they give up on it. So they're cooking ribs and all Especially of a sudden it's like taking the them six or seven hours and they, you know, so they don't get tender enough because they, they, they gave up. They give yeah. impatient. They've opened it up so much. And, you know, if, if you're doing a rule of thumb, say three, two, one at 225, Think about every time you open that smoker to do something, you're adding more time on it. So all of a sudden, you're getting to need to need to go four hours and need to go three, two and a half hours in the wrap. You know? Four, three, two. <clears throat> so it's, I mean, it's getting all crazy. That's why I never liked that three, two, one, three, two, one. I, go to color. Put your meat on. Let it get cooking. Let it dry out some. If you've got a water cooker, you're not going to have to baste as often. If you've got a dry cooker, no, you're going to have to spritz it a little bit. Spritz it ever so often, but don't keep going in there, you know, every 30 minutes. Let it get a good color on it. That's what you're using your rubs for. That's what you're using the smoke for to build that bark. You want to get it a little dark on the outside. You just want to catch it before it gets black. And then wrap it up. And, you know, if you, if you don't want to wrap it up, keep spraying it. Keep, you know, keep working on the color. Don't put the rub on as heavy. But keep working on that. So there's always ways you can get around it. You just have to learn learn your pit. Learn what the meat's going to do, and then, you know, when you start playing with different temps, if you want to speed things up because you're pressed for time, just know that you need to watch it more closely. And so it's real. it's really, it's not complicated. Oh. The whole, you know, the whole temperature issue is not, it's not really a complicated issue. It's just learning it and knowing, and, you know, applying it once you learn it. One thing I'll say, when I was learning to cook on the, the drum smoker, um, I'd put it on and, and watch closely because I was cooking chicken on it. It's short cook time. And if it would start creeping up past, I was cooking at 300, if it starts creeping up past 300, well, then I'd shut the vents a little too much. And it'd drop it really fast, you know, and then I'd open the vents up really big and it'd fire it up. So I was messing with it too much. And after I cooked on it a couple of times, I realized that I just need to, A, put it on and let it. I know where my vents should stay to run about 300 Yeah, and just trust it. Let it go there. It's probably going to rise a little bit, but then it's going to drop back down or maybe it'll it's drop gonna, a little bit and then so it'll come back up. Yeah. And, it, and I'll watch it closely. And if I need to adjust it, I'll very, very small changes, bump it. Very, very small yeah. changes. But I think the not knowing your cooker 
and not, you know, trusting that swing. I think a lot of people panic. I yeah. mean, they just start seeing something. It's like, yeah. oh my goodness, I better send somebody an email because <laughs> my tip's not where it's supposed to be. What do I do? Yeah. Don't panic. That's the number one thing. Hey, it's just barbecue. <laughs> it ain't going to mess it up. I mean, the only way you can really mess it up if you leave it on and get it too overdone. I mean, that's no, I mean, or take it off too soon. Yeah. That's two ways you're gonna mess it up. <laughs> Just let it cook, man. Yeah. Let it let it do its thing. If you look let at it, you cook. I mean, if you're running common sense, if you're running 500 degrees, it's too hot. You know, take out some coal, shut it down. But that's that's if you're big, up 20, just yeah, go with it. it. That 20 yeah. degrees ain't gonna make a bit of difference. Um, do you cook difference. different meats at different temps? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I love when I'm doing chicken to get that skin right, especially skin on chicken. I'm going, you know, 300 and above. And ribs, I think they're perfect right around 275 because they render a little bit better and I get a little bit better texture. Pork butts, I'm going 250. Brisket, I'm going 250. So there's different, you know, different temps where you want, ideally, what where you, you do want to cook What do you do if you're cooking it. a pork butt and ribs at the same time? I find the spot on my cooker to where I can, you know. You put the ribs in the hot Yeah, or? ribs go in the hot spot. I mean, and that, every cooker's got a hot spot. There's none of them that are dead even every single rack. But most of the time, say in comps, you know, we're, our big meats, our brisket and our butts are done before we put ribs on. So yeah. we just bump the temp up to get the ribs where we want them. And do you cook different temps on different smokers? You kind of talked about that a little bit. Like what you're. Yeah. Well, it's, this is. Yeah. So drum smokers, mine, I've got the big Papa drum kit. that's like a homemade build kit. And I've got the gateway. And they both want to run at 275. That's where they love to run. If you just barely. You know, let some air in and then kind of crack the top. They go 275 and they'll sit there for hours. And if you want to make it run 250, it's a lot harder because you have to restrict the air down more. And it's, just, you know, put sometimes you have to put like a little diverter in there. It's a lot more challenging to make it run 250. But 275, all day. And then the same plan with the old hickory. When I put my basket in there and I, you know, of course it's got a dial, but it, it really wants to run at 250. If I sit it at 225, and I still put my coals in it, and I'm running it, you know, just regular. It wants to go more to 250. Backwards, backwards are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the dial is. That's just yeah. it, it. It blends it out, I guess, where the thermostat is, where it reads at. That's when the air, the way the air is moving in those pits. That's just where they want to run. So that goes learning pit. You know, once you figure out what that pit wants to do, and I, I always don't do it with me. Just put put some coals in it, put some smoke on it, season it up, just let it roll. See what it does when you're, you know, adjust the vents. See where it wants to stabilize it. Because you know, you know, you need about an inch open on the bottom. You probably need two inches on top. This is usually how the ratio works for intake to exhaust. And that's really where you control it is at the exhaust level. And that's but just an idea that's not your... It's not set in stone. That's yeah. just how... That's from my speculating. And do you ever... <clears throat> um, have you ever shift the cooking temps? Like you put it on at one temp and change it halfway through a cook? I usually try to stay pretty stable. I don't try to, you know, adjust them, say, unless I'm behind, and then I'm going <laughs> to fire it up, you know. <clears throat> you can't, I mean, the, of course, the first part, smoking part, is real, real critical about, you know, getting, you want to keep the temps more down, you know, down, I like to keep them down, like, closer to the 250, 275 range, so, I, so the wood doesn't just combust and just go to giving off BTU, so it'll smoke. And then once I get stuff wrapped, I don't really care what temperature it is. I'm getting it done at that point. If it gets up, climbs up to 300, man, I don't worry me. Because I'm watching it. I know what my internals are. I mean, I see the dial. So, okay, I need to check that a little sooner because it's cooking faster. So the temps don't matter. It doesn't affect the meat as much when it's wrapped. 
Well, it just it gets it done faster. Yeah, the tip matters, but it doesn't. As far as going through stages, I hadn't. It's not that big a change to where it's going to be. Oh, I cooked it for two fifty at the first part of the cook, but now it's two seventy five. It's not going to change your meat that much. It's just going to get done a little bit faster. Yeah. If you slowed it down, it would just get done a little bit slower. Yeah. Know? Now, if you bumped it up to four hundred degrees and was cooking it, you might might be a little tougher because it's going to render it real fast. And what I have found is that when you're cooking hot and fast, you need to overshoot target tips more to make up for the way that fat renders in a meat. So say if I, there's a brisket I'm taking off at 202, cooking it at 250, if I was cooking it at 325 or 350, I need to take that brisket to like 215 internal, just the way the meat breaks down. I, found, I don't know what it is. It just seems like it's better like that. Is that just on brisket? No, it goes, for por- it goes for pork and it goes for uh, ribs too. Heck, even chicken. You know, some of that chicken thighs we do, we cook at 300. We take that chicken up to 195. I've seen I've seen chicken hit 202, and it still be you know nice and juicy. Yeah. So it just I mean I think those higher temps you just let it carry over. Because I think a lot of that might be residual heat on it. You yeah. know. But we also cook the chicken thighs in butter, <clears throat> so that oh boiling butter <laughs> all day long. That might be an issue. But yeah, so so what do you got coming up this weekend? We're going to Corinth SEA. It's Michael's birthday. We're going to court. You're gonna. I signed you up for the contest because a kid can't sign up. Yeah, you have to. So have if y'all win, you got to get the check. Yeah. yeah. But you get a ticket to go to Fort Worth. And we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna drive to Corinth, and uh, we'll probably go Friday night, stay at my parents' place mm-hmm. up there, <clears throat> and then uh, maybe go to Catfish Place or something. That sounds yeah. good, don't it? We got to celebrate a little bit Friday, probably. Well, it's your parents' birthday and Michael's birthday, so we'll take them all out. Happy birthday, Mom and Dad, last week. I think you did that last week. Well, happy birthday to you, Mom and Dad. Happy birthday, Michael. Happy birthday, Michael. Anybody else else out there, happy birthday. (laughs) we got a nine-year-old. So we're going to do that. We're going to cook at that contest at the Alcorn Fair in Corinth. And then we're going to go somewhere and watch Alabama and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be the breaks off of them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I hope they do. That's one time I really cheer for Ole Miss. Man, they, you know the score last year was like 66 to 3. Well, they so had I'm some just hoping, that, I'm hoping they, they get score vengeance. more than 3. They had some yeah. vengeance to get. It Ole is Miss. in Oxford. Okay. It is in Oxford. So what time? 6.30, 7. Okay. It's the night Great. game, ESPN Great. night yeah. game. It's going to be crazy. Rebels gonna be running. The sharks gonna be out cruising around doing what he shark creeping whatever, folks out. Whatever sharks do, <laughs> whatever land sharks yeah, do, whatever land sharks do. <laughs> God, I hate that shark. <laughs> I love Ole Miss, but man, I hate that shark. They just had to come up with the stupidest stuff. I love stuff. it. I love the shark. I, I think it's do. great. I'm a Mississippi State grad, so I go dogs. I can't even think. What if they just all of a sudden said, "Okay, y'all gonna be the Gophers"? I would hate it. You, no, the muskrats. <laughs> They're not going to be bulldogs. bulldogs no, see, the land shark's way worse because a muskrat is still a muskrat. You and know? they are It's got to be like the air scrats or something. <laughs> it's so a flying muskrat. Yeah, you know? It's a mythical, it's a mythical <laughs> yeah. creature. Oh, well. That would be anyway, the comparison. I'm not getting on my soapbox about that. but I guess that's going to wrap us up today. Yeah, that's uh, it. We appreciate y'all listening out there. Shell, tell them where they can find us. Well, first, let's talk about the app real quick. If you had not got that app get the app we gotta start app. remembering to do that every podcast i love the app yeah if i need something i used to go www.outofbarbecuerite.com search on it whatever now i got it on my phone mm-hmm. i can jump on there man i know you, I, you don't think i use my recipes all the time like, yeah, <laughs> check with the winners 
Is that true? Chimichurri? That was the same recipe yeah, I did it was. a while back. I just used it you again use it for, for this a one. Tip. Yeah. I try, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's good yeah. stuff. I ain't oh, trying to you, reinvent the wheel. Yeah, if you've got a good recipe, let's use it. But I pulled it up on the app. It's that simple. You can go to the app. You can search. Heck, if you want to go get some rubs and sauces, there's a little shopping cart icon in there. It takes you right to the shopping page. But it's mostly just a search tool for Watch the, all the recipes. videos right there. Yeah. And you know what? On that new TV I got, and it's not an expensive TV. I got all these Vizio smart TVs for our den. I replaced an old one. I can cast right to it from my phone. Really? Go to the go to the cast on there. The icon shows up on the app. You push it. It'll send it to your TV. All of a sudden, you're watching it your on the big screen. screen. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's simple. So, check out the get the app. app. Yeah, get the app. Get the app. Available on Android and at iTunes Store. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll be alerted when we put out a yeah. new one. And to connect with Malcolm, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. YouTube at How to Barbecue, right? Not MySpace, because I'm officially <laughs> off there. And if it, don't send me naked pictures. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you might get a lot of pictures you don't want. <laughs> Where can we find you, Shell? Uh, you can find me at Face. No. You can find me at Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Miss Southern Shell. There you go. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate y'all listening today. We'll see y'all next time.